And it's Jesus doing what we're doing right now to the 10th power. He has just won a victory. He has just come out of, out of, the, out of being baptized, out of obedience. He has just been filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Spirit of God has fallen on him. And, and, and the sky has opened up. And God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So he's just had an amazing, amazing victory. And he is excited. And then all of a sudden, as we pick up in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You know what that shows me right there? That when, sometimes when we're in the wilderness, yes, we can put ourselves there. We are sometimes in the wilderness or in, in a desert because we made a bad choice. But sometimes we're in the wilderness and in the desert and in a battle because God has led us there to, make, to, to fight. Can I get a better amen? amen? Amen. I know that doesn't sound attractive, but it's the truth. And the more mature you get, the more you realize if God's putting me in a battle, it's because he believes I can win. Amen. So if I'm being led by the Holy Spirit into a battle, that means that God thinks I've got this and I and through him I can do this and I can I can defeat this enemy. So we understand that we're in constant battle. And and what he was doing was he was praying and he was fasting just like we are and he was seeking the face of the Lord. And I want to give you some principles tonight out of this because I want you to see here in this temptation many of you've read this many times. Uh, Luke actually just mentions it very quickly, doesn't go into any detail. Matthew and Mark are very detailed and very similar. And I want to read the whole thing and come back and show you a few things. So it says he was tempted, led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and this is kind of an understatement to me, after he was hungry. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just an understatement. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God. Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts and our in our ears tonight and our spirits to to quicken us and speak to us and show us something tonight that will grow us that will cause us to to desire father a deeper stronger more committed more personal more intimate relationship with you 
God, that is the most important thing that we can have tonight. It is better than riches. It is better than fame. It is better than even health, God. Nothing supersedes or is more important than having a personal, awesome, powerful, intimate relationship with you. Because when we have that relationship, everything else works out. And that is number one tonight. And I pray that you'd speak that to us and show that to us. And I pray that you would rebuke every spirit of the enemy that would be working in any parts of our lives to cause us to be distracted, to cause us to not believe, to cause us to doubt, or to hinder this word from going forth and bringing forth fruit. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go back to the beginning here. We see that he's, he's going into this this time of temptation, this time of struggle, I mentioned this morning again that we are always going into a battle. We're in a battle or we're coming out of a battle. That's life. That will be that way until we, till we get to heaven. I was, I was, I was uh, praying tonight over there and listening to them practice and singing that song, which is such an, such an awesome song. Amen. It's probably top five all time. That's an awesome worship song. Shout to the Lord, that last one. And as, we were, as they were singing, I could hear them singing over there. I just began to cry a little bit over there praying because I just said, Lord, I can't wait until someday we, I'm singing that in your presence and I'm praising you in your presence and I'm actually there and I've actually made it and I've actually crossed the finish line and I've actually fought the fight and, and won the race and don't have to go through battles anymore it's just, and we'll be there. That's that. We have to look forward to that day. Amen. And I just, I just thank God that that day is going to come. One day we will be there. And, and we will be doing this all together, amen? And we won't have to worry about anything else. We'll have finished the race. I mean, if you're, if you're running in a race without the expectancy of finishing, stop running. Amen? Why, why run if you're not going to finish? I mean, if you don't expect to get to heaven and spend eternity with God, why are we doing this? That's my ultimate goal, is to be with God and to be in his presence. And so he's, he's showing us here that through Jesus' life, he's, he, he, he went and fought a battle for us. Now, it's, 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 it's important to understand, we think about 40 days. I mean, it is, it is almost impossible. People have done it, but it's almost impossible for someone to fast that long, humanly. 21 days is a long time. A week is a long time. A day is a long time. For some of us, a meal is a long time. Amen. Some of us are finding that out in this fast. Some of us are, 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 are struggling or doing better than others. Or, or I don't know where you're at, but it, these are things that are difficult. So he did something for us that we could not do ourselves. So he was going to, to, to win a battle for us as an example. And, and 40 days is a long time. And I want you to begin to think tonight about what could he have been doing for 40 days? As we're, we're doing 21, which is a little, just a little more than half of what he did. And, and we're not doing it, uh, again, I don't know if anybody's doing a full fast, all water, but we're not doing it like he did. Jesus did not eat anything for those 40 days. It doesn't even mention that he drank water, but we believe he drank water because the human body cannot go that long. It's scientifically proven. You can go without food for a long time, but you cannot go without water. So it's most likely that he drank water. But either way, he was on a full fast with absolutely no nourishment for 40 days. And so he was in a battle, a real battle of his flesh. 
And we, we know that he was God, but we know he was man. So he was going through the same hunger pains. He was going through the same headaches. He was going through the same struggles. He was going through the same temptations. He wasn't just tempted right here at the 40th day. He was being tempted all 40 days. And here's an interesting thing. The, 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 uh, I believe it's Mark, when it talks about this story, actually mentions that he was out in the wilderness fighting the battle, and he was with wild beasts. Now, that could be real animals, or that could be symbolic of de- demonic activity. But we do know this, that 40 days, listen, to this is important, that 40 days that he prayed and fasted won the victory of our salvation. He was only able to go to the cross because he won the victory there in that praying and fasting. We are only going to win the victory in the future that we win today in praying and fasting. Amen? We're not going to see the victory we want to see without some kind of sacrifice today. We can't expect something great to happen in the future if we don't do something today for it. We have to fight for tomorrow. We have to, we have to as Joe just said, we have to sow seed. And praying and fasting is sowing seed. But in the, inside of this, what I want you to see in the him part, in the relationship with the Lord here, in this first part of him and me and them, is that Jesus had a relationship with the Lord. And every time he was tempted, he combated the temptation with the relationship that he had with God. Now you might say, well, no, he quoted scripture. Yes, it's the same thing. Because when he was quoting scripture, he was making a statement to the devil that this is my source. God is my source. God is my strength. God is my breath. God is my everything. If without him, I cannot make it. It is written. It is written. It is written. Amen. He kept saying it over and over. But I want you to see a couple things that we saw very clearly. First of all, he said that we, you have to, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he understood that my relationship with God, my vertical relationship has much to do with how much I'm in the word. How much I'm in the word. How much I read of his word. You will, you will have that light bulb come on someday that you have to read the word. You have to. It's, it's, it's your spiritual food. It is your manual. It is why, why, how, you know, just like you get up and check the weather to see what the weather's like for how you're going to dress here in Texas, you got to get up and read the word. It's a forecast. It's a manual for your life. It's going to help you make decisions. But part of me loving God is loving his word. Jesus loved the word. We know that he was the word, but he loved the word. And so it's important that we read the Bible. Then we see the next thing where he begins to tempt him to, um, to go up on the, he goes up of the temple and says, if you're the son. And here's an interesting thing too. Every time he tempted him, he said, if. The devil is always causing us to question. Am I saved? Am I a believer? Am I right with God? Am I good enough? He's always questioning that to us. He's, he's always putting that thought in our hearts and our spirits. And you need to know the answer. You need to know that, yes, I am a child of God. I am a born-again believer. I am a son and I'm a daughter of the Lord, and I am saved and I am redeemed and I am forgiven and I'm a new creation, amen, and you are not going to put any doubt in my heart. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. So he says, go, go and, and, and uh, uh, jump off this cliff. Go and, go, and, go and do something to show if you are God. And, and, and he says, no. 
I'm not going to tempt the Lord. I don't tempt the Lord. I'm not going to do that. And so he, he wins that battle there. And then we go down a little further, and we see another part that's very important. He says, he says go, up, go up with me to this mountain. I'm going to show you all the kingdoms. And this, is, this, is, this might be the most important thing here. And this is the day we live in today. He was showing them all these things. And we might think of it like a, 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 a leadership thing. He, you know, be the king of this or be lord over this. But what he's really showing us in this part is here's all these distractions. Here's all these things that can have your heart. Here's all these things that can fill the void I'm supposed to fill. Let them fill your void is basically what he's saying. Let, let something else in your life be more important than God. And, and Jesus says, no. No, the Bible says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And so you see here an attitude of Jesus in the garden, or sorry, in the wilderness, where he is praying to the Lord and he's making some statements and making some decisions that my personal relationship with God is powerful. Going back to the 40 days, I want you to think about this. I, thought, I said this morning, what, what could Jesus have looked like on that 25th day, on that 30th day? I mean, if you fasted a couple days, if you fasted a few days in this thing, if you've you know, set some things aside, you've struggled, you've had headaches, you've had some irritability, can you imagine 25 days in what he's going through? But the thing that I feel the most the Lord wants to show us on this is how personal our relationship is with God. How personal it is. Because this is the, this is the meat of the message tonight. He was out there by himself. We don't have any other details of what he did than that one part at the end when, he, when, the, when, the, when the dialogue went between him and him, them and him. But for 40 days, he's out there fighting a battle. Here's the key. He's fighting the battle by himself. By himself. Listen closely. This is important. We, we understand. It's why we're here. We understand the importance of corporate prayer. We understand the power of corporate worship. We understand the fellowship of coming together and being in the church and being in the house of God and iron sharpening iron and all that. That's, that's awesome. We understand that it's important. We need to do it all the time. We need to be together. Too many Christians are strong in the church and weak outside of the church. Strong here with other believers, strong praying, strong worshiping, strong in everything. But if you get out there by yourself, isolated on an island, and it's just you, for example, praying and fasting, that's the question of who you are with God. That's the question where, of where you're at with your, in your walk with the Lord. For example, on this fast, we don't have somebody going around with a paper saying, hey, hey, what have you done this week? Did you, did you eat? Did you not eat? Did you do this? Did you not? No one's, no one's doing it. There's no exam. Only you and God know what's, what's going on. Only you and God know what you've said in your heart. And every time you have made a decision to say, this is what I'm doing, and, and, and whatever you decided to do is, is okay. That's what you decided with God. And so you make that decision for a day, let's say, or for two days or a, a certain thing, and then that temptation comes along to say, you know what, I could just cheat this right now. No one's going to know. I could just take a bite. I could just take a sip. I could just do whatever. Who are you cheating? You're not cheating the church. You're not even cheating God. You're cheating yourself. 
Because that's the personal relationship. That's what Jesus was doing for 40 days. He was fighting a personal battle with his flesh. He was fighting a battle with his willpower. And he was having to decide, if I'm going to make it to the cross, if I'm going to be able to bear all the pain that I'm going to have to go through when they pull my beard out and they lash me on my back. See, listen, we think about that and we think, man, that's, that's immense pain. That's intense pain. How could he have even gone through that? But I want you to understand something. Jesus had won that victory in the wilderness, 40 days of fasting and praying already. That that was nothing to him because he had already defeated his own flesh in the, in the wilderness. He had already put it to death. By the time he got to that cross, he was already dead. He had already defeated that death. He had, he had already died that, that, that death in the wilderness. Face to face with the devil. Some people are afraid to fight the devil. Some people are afraid to face the devil on their own. Some people, and again, I'm not taking away from common sense. I'm not taking away. I always tell you, don't be a lone ranger. Call on people. Ask for prayer. But you cannot be dependent on that. You cannot be dependent on always having to have somebody pray with you and always having somebody hold your hand and always having somebody cry with you and always having somebody help you. You've got to get to a place where you can say, God, it's you and me. It's you and me. You and I are going to make this together. You and I are going to defeat this devil together because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's the, that's the spirit of fight that the Lord wants us to have. And that's what praying and fasting does. It causes us to put the flesh aside and make a decision. I am going to defeat this thing, whatever it is. And again, I've been talking to different people. I haven't been asking to hold you accountable. I've been asking just to see what different people are fasting. And there's all kinds of different things. And it's exciting because lots of people are fasting what is to them the most difficult thing. And that's good. I told you that before this even started. Food might not be an issue for you. Other things are. And so you fast that thing and you make that commitment. And what we need to do is we need to make that commitment every day for 21 days. Amen? Every day. And you know what? Even if it's a small thing, stick with it. Stick with it every day because that's what Jesus did. And that's how we're going to see the breakthrough because this is building our relationship with the Lord. Amen? Staying in the word, staying in prayer, staying in relationship. I want you to go to Psalms 51 to very known uh, scripture there. And we're going to read this, and I want you to write down three things that I actually wanted to mention this morning, and I'm going to mention them tonight. Of, of three more things to, to be thinking about during this praying and fasting, these 21 days. Psalm 51. While you're getting there, I want to re- remind you and continue to remind you how powerful and awesome this opportunity is for us. And, and just remind you again that, that when you feel like you're alone, you're not. Because you are alone when you're alone. And you're fighting that battle on your own, but everybody else is fighting that battle too. And not just here, but all around the world. Amen. Every country has their own things. Every, and some, some places have, have more deep, dark spirits they're fighting. Some, some things have, you know, we know some of the countries where we have churches have, have persecution. And, and, and things that we don't fight. And, and things like that. So just as you're doing this, just remember, there is a lot of people doing this same thing together. And that's a powerful thought. But... 
the power that that is corporately is weak if we're not strong personally. There's no corporate without the personal. We're only as strong as our weakest link. And that's where I have to say, Lord, I don't want to be the weakest link. I want to hold my ground. I want to stand my ground. Now we see David say, see something here, and I'm going to give you three things to write down. In Psalm 51, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore, we said that this morning, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. That's Psalm 51, 10 to 12. I want you to write down three things that we need to pray for for this entire three weeks. And this goes again with the him, the me, and the them. Number one is we constantly pray for a changed heart. Constantly, constantly praying, Lord, change my heart. Create in me, O oh God, a clean heart. That's not a one-time prayer. Amen? That's not a once-a-week prayer. That should be a daily prayer. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Lord, keep my heart clean. And so number one, a changed heart, if you'll write that down. A changed heart. A changed heart. We need to pray for a changed heart. One of the things that's powerful here in, in this verse, it says, create in me a clean heart. O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Another word for steadfast is loyal. Create in me a loyal spirit. We were talking this morning about how how we can uh, get uh, away from God. We can walk away. We can lose our first love. And so we need to come back and, and declare our loyalty to the Lord again. Amen? This world has so much stuff that's trying to get in. So much stuff that wants our attention. So much stuff that wants our affection. Amen? You know what happens when, when affairs take place in relationships? Affection is stolen. Affection is stolen. Somebody has needs and affection or, 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 or wants an attention, and somebody else comes in and steals that attention. It's the same thing that happens in our walk with God. God wants us to be in love with him and him only. But the world and things come and try to steal our affection, and that hurts God. Because God does not want to share us. God is a jealous God. And so we might not do it on purpose sometimes, but what we need to ask God every day, Lord, grab my heart and change me and, and help me to um, be, have that heart that you want me to have so that I do not give my affection or my loyalty to somebody else. Which leads into number two, a changed life. We need to pray for God to change us. Change me, God. And if you just said, well, I don't need change, then you're the one that needs more change. Amen? If we have that attitude, I've got it together. I think I'm good. I don't ever think I've got it together. I don't ever think I've got it, or I'm good. I, I know that I need to change every day. I know that I can get better. I know that I can get closer to the Lord. I know that I can know his word more, that my heart can be more pure. So number two is change life. I need a changed life. And number three, as we see there in, in restoring uh, him to his joy of his salvation, we need to change direction sometimes. That's the third thing. Maybe the direction that you're going or started this year off is not the direction that God wants you to go. Amen. How many want to be in the direction that God wants you to be? Heading in the right direction. 
There's nothing worse than driving along and finding out that you're driving in the wrong direction. Amen. Many, many years ago, we went to, we came back from Costa Rica for uh, a, a few weeks, and I got invited to go preach in, in Narlands, Narlands, New Orleans. Amen. And, and that was the only time we ever went, and we went as a family. I took my mom and dad, and we rented a minivan and drove over there. It was a great time. We had a great, great ministry there and, and spent some time down just checking out that crazy city down there and, and all, all the stuff it has to offer on, on the French Quarter, food and all that crazy stuff at the stores. But on the way to New Orleans, we were driving and just having a good old time, and all of a sudden I saw a sign that said, Welcome to Mississippi. And we were not going to Mississippi, amen? So I got, I got sidetracked and missed a sign somewhere. And then we had to turn around. I don't know, about it must have been 40 or 50 miles that we had gone the wrong direction. There's nothing worse than that, right? You're trying to get someplace and you end up in the wrong place. And so I don't want to spend half of this year going in the wrong direction. I want to go in the right direction, and, and hopefully I can have a spiritual GPS with the Lord that if I start heading the wrong direction, it tells me that little detour thing that happens. You know, you miss the turn, it tell, the reroute tells you the next street. Like, let me make the next street instead of 10 miles down the road. So we need change direction. Amen. Go over to Psalm 63. Just a few chapters over. There's some really, really powerful stuff in here for the hymn. My relationship with him. I'm going to continue to remind you during these, these weeks that we're praying and fasting that if we're doing it right and we're doing it with the right heart, God's going to give us all the re's. Amen? Restoration, re, uh, reconciliation, redemption, regeneration, renewal. He's going to give us all those things. Revival. He's going to give us. Th those things will come as a, as, a, as a fruit of our hearts. Psalm 62, verse 5. Amen if you're there. Sorry, 62. We're going to actually read both, but 62. My soul, verse 5, my soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. Think about this. I'm going to keep reading, but think about this. How much less would we be deceived or sad or upset if we would be expecting from him and not other people? People will fail us. Even friends and family will fail us. Even people we love will fail us. God never fails. God never fails. Amen? He never fails. And so our expectation should be from him. If we get something from somebody else, count that as a bonus. But we should expect loyalty from God because he's a loyal God. We should expect faithfulness from him. We should know that I can wait on him, that my expectation is on God. Amen. I'm waiting on God. Verse 6. He only, only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Amen. He only, that's, that's something good to underline right there. He only is my rock and my salvation. How many, are, how many are being spoken to right now through this? It's so easy to get our eyes on other people and our eyes on other things. And sometimes they can even be good things. But we just have got to stay focused on him. 
When you are focused on him, I'm always looking up. I'm always doing this vertical sign. I've always said when your vertical is right, everything horizontal works out. If, every, if things begin to fail horizontally, it's because something's wrong vertically. You've got to get back to him. Stop trying to fix the problem. Stop trying to uh, uh, even pray for the problem. Go to the Lord. Say, and go back and say, Lord, are we good? Is there anything that I need to change in my heart? Is there anything that I need to change in my life? Is there any direction that I need to change? And very quickly, as you get that vertical back right with God again, horizontal begin to work itself out again. I promise you that. Verse 8, trust in him at all times, you people. How, how, how many times? All times. Good times, bad times, struggles, blessings, victories, battles, all times. Trust in him, all you people. Watch this. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Pour out your heart before him. Too many of us pour out our hearts before the wrong people. Some people pour out their hearts on social media. Amen. Pour your heart out to God. Tell him all the things that you type on your Facebook. Instead of making it public, make private to God. And, and say all those things that you feel like you need to say. Say them to the Lord. Pour out to the Lord. Amen. Pour out to God. We need to go to God first. So many times we go to God fifth. I'm guilty. We're all guilty. We go to the Lord last sometimes, as a last resort. What would happen if we went to God as a first resort? I'm telling you, things would change. Our lives would change. Our attitudes would change because we would know, you know what? Everything else can be going wrong around me, but I'm right with God. Amen. But here's the thing. When everything's right with God, it's impossible for everything to be going wrong around you. Didn't say you wouldn't have struggles. But you're going to be, even your, even your problems are going to seem small because you're going to be right with God. Now go over to 63. Finish with this. This is the hymn. This is the me and God part. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, so have I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Amen? That's a powerful thought. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. How, how, many, how many times have we been in that place where we just say, Lord, I don't want anything else? Why am I in the wilderness? Because God wants you to be in a place where you don't want anything else. If you're super thirsty, all you want is water. And you might be at a place where you're thirsty, but you could drink anything. But there's a thirst that's beyond that where only water will do. God wants us to be in that place. I just want to be in his presence. David said, take not your presence from me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. You don't have to raise your hand. I can make this statement. That's my heart today. God, take anything from me, but don't take your Holy Spirit. Anything. 
I'm not asking him to take something, but if I have to lose something, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That's the kind of dependence he wants. Some people, I don't believe anybody here, some people in the world that would call themselves believers would give up a whole lot of God before they give up some things. There are a lot of things that they wouldn't trade. I can't give that up. I say, God, take anything. Take anything, but don't take your spirit from me. Because you get to a place where you know that's all you need. It's all you want. It's all we have. Job said, naked I come into this world and naked I'll return. God is all I have tonight. God is all I need. And I'm going to bless him. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. Father, thank you for this message tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to have relationship with you. I love you, Father. I love you, Lord. I love you with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength. And I know these people that are in this place tonight do too. Lord, you're a good God. You're an awesome God. You're a loving God. You're a God who wants the best for us. Father, as we're here tonight, help us to have the attitude of understanding that when I'm in the wilderness and I'm fighting a battle by myself, it might be scary sometimes, but that's why I need to quote your word. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Though enemies are on every side, they'll fall in your presence. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you'll lift up a standard against it. Lord, we can begin to quote your word. We can begin to read your word. God, if we would get to that place where we would read your word to our problems, things would change. We would have a resolve in our spirits. That David said there in Psalms, I will not be moved. In another Psalms, like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. Lord, tonight that's our prayer. That our hymn, our relationship with you would be so strong that everything else was secondary. And that our affections would never be turned from, from other things from you to other things, you'd always be first. Always be number one. We would always go to you first, Lord. And as we're in that prayer and that time of, 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 pers- of personal relationship, we would be vulnerable enough to let you speak to us and say, here's something I need to change in your heart. Here's an attitude. Here's an anger. Here's an unforgiveness. Here's a a jealousy. Here's a spirit that's not right in your heart. And we would allow you to change our lives. And as you do that, Father, you might change direction. You might say, you're heading the wrong direction tonight. What What you're doing seems good and it might be in my permissible will, but it's not my perfect will for you. Change direction. And the greatest direction we can change tonight is is the opposite direction called repentance. If I'm heading in the wrong direction of sin, if I'm heading in the direction of, of, of making a bad decision or I've made a bad decision, I can repent and I can turn back to the Lord. Because great is His faithfulness tonight. 
How many all over this place tonight would honestly say before you and God, I, I need a Savior tonight. I need salvation. I'm not born again. I've never been saved. And tonight I accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross for my sins. If you're here and that's you, just lift up your hand tonight all over this place and say, would you pray for me? I want to know Jesus. I want to be saved tonight. Tonight we're going to spend a few moments at the altar. And we're going to let the presence of God draw us back to Him again. Every day we need to be in His presence. Every day we need to seek His face. We need to make Him the reason we wake up in the morning. There's a a sweet presence of the Lord here tonight. And He's a gentle spirit. He's a gentle Father. And He's always luring us into His presence. He, He never makes us come. But He says, it's better over here than where you're at right now. It's safer over here. I'd rather be in a shaky boat with Jesus than on dry land by myself. I'd rather be in the middle of a storm with Jesus than on dry land by myself. That's the attitude God wants us to have. I'd rather be in the middle of a storm knowing Jesus is by my side than be at peace with everything else by myself. That's what God wants from us tonight. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to read another verse when you get down to the altar. Let's, it's Sunday night. Let's all come down to the altar tonight and just, just finish off in, in worship and prayer. before they sing and we worship I want to read Psalms 121 1 and 2 it says I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whom my help comes my help comes from the Lord that's again what God is wanting us to understand tonight my help doesn't come from the government my help doesn't come from family my help doesn't come from my ability my help comes from the Lord that's who I'm going to look to I will lift up my eyes when we worship, think about what we're doing. You know, sometimes we, we worship like this, but a lot of times we worship like this because we're, we're looking up to the Lord. And we're not looking up to the ceiling because that's all we see. We're looking up spiritually to God. And we're saying, Lord, my help comes from you. Amen. So tonight, this is a great moment to, to seal off today. And these first few days we've done in praying and fasting, which is worshiping the Lord. And, and really working on your vertical tonight as we sing. Amen.